Welcome to Tramlines, a podcast from Agri. I'm your host, Tony Smith, putting your questions to the experts. Today, we're going to hear from some of Agri's iFarms around the UK to find out more about this year's headline results and learnings going forward for 2024, starting with a national overview from Agri Seed Technical Manager, John Miles. Uh, firstly, can you tell us about the Agri iFarm network? So Tony, the, the iFarm network covers North Scotland down to, down to Devon and Cornwall um, and all points in between, national research centres as well. And they're really kind of a focal point for, for regional discussion to look at the work that we're doing, the agronomy guidelines that we obviously bring uh, to customers uh, and things like varieties as well. And that you know, culminates in, in visits to those iFarms and particularly in the summertime um, as well to, to stimulate discussion. And John, from those iFarms and other technical centres, what did you see last year? We saw quite a lot of similarity between North and South, which is not that often, particularly. Um, but yeah, there were some real challenges with yeah, real challenges with disease. So um, yeah, some varieties really, really had a, a terrible time in almost a 2012, and some varieties excelled. Uh, within there and yeah we got good levels of good levels of disease which is great for R&D but but pretty challenging for our customers. You mentioned there some of the challenges but what were the successes? What stood out? The success stories were on a sort of genetics level um, with the different risks and some very high disease risks. We saw varieties like Fitzroy and uh, Champion and others with a very strong septory resistance performed very well. Um, We also saw pressure on grain quality in all of our trials, and that really underlines the importance, you know, all of the facts really underlie the importance of of variety choice at the beginning, because you never know how the next 12 months are going to play out. And so, as we start our whistle-stop tour around the UK, let's first go to Kent and talk to the coordinator there, Neil Harper. So, Neil, hello there, and can you start by uh, sharing with us how your season started last year for your iFarm site? Down in Kent, on the the trial itself, we we got it in a good time, sort of the usual first week of October, which really went well. But the surrounding fields and, you know, what you learn from drilling date down here is... Everyone last year got going a little bit earlier, looking at variety choice and the resistance and from the previous year's datas and put it in. So what we saw was the uh, the, the ecstasies of the worlds and the more vigorous varieties uh, got out the ground well, which moved us forward, where some of the slower ones took a bit of time. And I think last year we know that it was a, a drier autumn. There was a bit more challenge. We didn't have the stale seed beds. So we had a little bit more... Um, Probably a little bit more rubbish coming in the crops than we were anticipating because we didn't get the spray off. So using the varieties, we saw that some of the more vigorous ones competed better with it and where some of the slower ones let a bit of the rubbish come through. But on the other hand, in the spring, that puts more challenges with PGRs, disease pressures, with all the forwardness of the crop. So I think for me in Kent here, the, the drill timing, it was great to see crops getting away earlier last year. But just put a few more challenges, which uh, is, a, is a good thing to, to build on for future years. And Neil, you talk about the weather there. So how did the weather finally impact the yields uh, down in Kent? The site down here was, was not too bad. It, we always 
it's like everything with trials you try and pick somewhere that you got a very evening and standard thing so we had a, a good result but the weather having that drier autumn which i spoke about a bit more challenges with residuals and the seabeds but moving into the spring february was a, a fairly dry month down here and we had a a lot of applications going on and we turned into march and it turned a bit wetter and then we had some real cold and a windy period so the challenges comes with timings you know when these crops need their inputs and us trying to think ahead probably by sort of three four weeks what's happening and reading the weather it can be a challenge and, and that's the, the good and the bad of farming really you know we are dealing with mother nature at times to give this to us so we found you know trying to get the right pgr and learning on varieties they all hit different growth stages at different times so understanding what stage the crop was at some were moving quicker and also it stretched the gaps so if we suddenly came the plant came under stress and had a whatever disease septura yellow rust a bit of eye spot or even nutrition deficiencies the manganese and the zincs getting the timing of these was sort of at times challenging and at the end of the day, I think we probably saw that, you know, with that bit duller and bit weather, we didn't hit maximum um, probably yield potential everywhere. And, and finally, we're in Kent, we're a, mainly a, a sort of a group one grower, group twos. We have the milling markets. So we're looking at trying to get the milling market at the end and trying to get the proteins was more of a challenge because we, we just had a period of dry weather at the end of the season. But as we know, we have to deal with what Mother Nature throws at us, but we definitely took a lot from the different varieties and how they performed in, in this variable conditions last season. And Neil, from down there in Kent, what were the key lessons that you'd like to share with those who are listening today? For me, I think probably keeping it simple is choosing the varieties. So like we let's take two extremes. We have Extays and dorsum. Extays gets out the blocks and moves. Dorsum's a bit slower. So looking at putting that dorsum in my earlier drilling slot because it's a bit slower, and I know it'd be slower to get going in the spring. And then the extays it'd be in my later slot because I know it's got the vigor, but it'd get going. Spreads my workload. I know where they are and where I've drilled them, and I can manage the timings on them varieties from what I know. So understanding what the varieties will be delivering and managing accordingly. Thank you, Neil. And let's now go to Banbury and the Winterton iFarm site and speak with the coordinator there, Sarah Hookway. So Sarah, uh, perhaps you can share with us, how did the season start for you at your iFarm? Uh, cultivations were done in a timely manner. So we had a chance for black grass brushes um, if the weather turned wet. Um, it was pretty dry, so we didn't get much of that. So this enabled us to drill the trials from the 13th of October, which we like to do a bit later on in the season, just to enable or to make sure, ideally, to get a black grass flush beforehand. The crop was drilled, rolled, and pre-emergence went on soon after drilling. So we did have quite a good um, control of black grass in the autumn, established really well. Yeah, so by the 22nd of November, plots reached growth stage 13 and looked really good going through the winter. Sounds good. So with the crop well established, what happened next? In our area, it was a really dry February. Um, Winterton has quite a high septoria pressure site compared to other local ones like Brackley. So it was looking good to start with. But then March hit and we had 
a lot of rain. It was extremely wet and a total of 143 mil of rainfall compared to an average of 30 mil for the last four years. And the last time we had this high rainfall was in 2018, which um, was another high septoria pressure year. So crops were looking good. There was septoria about, but obviously the rainfall with the latent period of septoria of 21 days, we started to see that later on um, through the spring. We do do T-noughts on the farm because of this, and we did get that on the beginning of April. But because the conditions were quite wet, um, we had T1s didn't go on until about four weeks later. So we might have stretched that timing a bit. But between T1 and T2 was three weeks. So timings were pretty good after that um, to try and suppress the septoria. So a high septoria year. How did the different varieties perform? Um, so from the trial results, the highest yielding uh, varieties clearly showed that varieties with higher septoria resistance came up on top, basically. For example, Fitzroy was the highest yielding at Winterton. Um, and then you got your classics like X-Days, Champion. Even Zayat was up there. So it just show, goes to show treated yields. Some varieties you have to put more inputs in to get those yields, but it's well worth it. And so looking forwards to this growing season, what did you learn from last year that you'd like to share with those listening today? Uh, variety choice, I would say, is key. Um, we are seeing a lot more um, disease-resistant varieties being put in, but you've still got your classics like uh, Skyfall and Zyat, but they're more yellow rust-prone, which we don't get as much on the Banbury site, but we still see it later on in the year. Um, so, yeah, variety, delayed drilling if you can, other than black grass. Um, yeah, and also timings of fungicides as well to make sure they are three weeks on point. Obviously, weather plays a part in that, but, yeah, if, if timings are slipped, then, you know, the disease gets in there and it's harder to control. It's better to prevent than cure. The Harvest 2023 iFarm Results Report is now available. Enclosed in this year's report, you will find information useful to inform future decisions on variety choice for disease, pest and lodging management. Also, variety results on our winter and spring cereal and winter oilseed rape trials, as well as a special feature on drones in action and variable rate nitrogen with riser. Link in bio. And as we continue our UK tour of iFarms, let's now go to the Ludlow iFarm at Gatley Farms and talk to the coordinator there, Ben Burgess. So Ben, tell us a bit about how your crops were looking in the early spring. Yeah, pretty wet, um, so we had a lot of rain up with us, which proved slightly challenging, um, but we did manage to get on our t noughts um, By the end of March, we were up to gross age 25 to 30 for fairly fairly high septoria levels. And as each eye farm has its own focus, depending on where it is located geographically, what is your focus there, Ben? Um, you know, ultimately our eye farm is, is wheat. It's wheat across the board. We are a predominantly feed wheat area. So a lot of feed wheat and um, obviously, you know, the, the, the spend may be slightly less than some of our milling growers. 
you know so we are predominantly looking at bydv because it went wet in certain locations because of trees hedges small fields a lot of grass um and septoria there are there are two main ones um fusarium because we have a lot of maize locally so we obviously carry fusarium um we need to be aware of fusarium um, and obviously we're seeing more eye spot more stem based disease so we we are increasingly looking at that as as a you know as an issue and monitoring that at our site as well as others and so ben what would be your top tips going forward into this current season imperative that you get the treatments and the timings correct rather than going by a calendar date because in July, you know, we had some pretty, as a lot of people, some pretty wet and windy weather. You know, that fusarium in the untreated plots did start to ramp up. Um, we are seeing, I think, the weather in our in our geography is dictating later drilling, but get making sure the seed rate is correct for the time we are drilling. That's one of the key things we see and we see out of the trials that the, the seed rate is so important. 1,000 grain weight, knowing seeds per square metre at the forefront when we're drilling, um, not mauling the crop in. Thanks, Ben. And now let's go to the north of Scotland to the Cromarty Eye Farm and speak to the coordinator there, John Mason. So, John, how did the season go for you? So we uh, started the season back in September 2022 and we got our all seed rape and winter barley and wheat in the ground we sowed our rape at the start of august we sowed our winter barley at the start of september and we sowed our wheat in the mid mid to late september we then had a nice um reasonably nice back end and uh, the uh, crops uh, crops came away nicely and then uh, we had quite a wet and cold um january february and uh, and then it started to started to dry up, and uh, we had sort of a dry spell at the end of end of February, and um, but then we hit hit a, a period of of wet at the start of March, and that sort of hampered spring sowing, uh, but then the crops came away, and uh, um, and came into the came into the spring quite nicely. We we did see high disease pressure from that cold wet winter, and and due to early drilling. We found that crops were certainly wheat um, had had septoria and um, and winter barley had rinko coming out of the rinkosporium coming out of the of the winter and then and then as the season went on we uh, we were trying to keep septoria at bay and then uh, actually in spring barley which is our main growing crop uh, we found that there was low disease pressure at the start due to the dry weather but then but then later on. We got uh, uh, dry weather that caused uh, stress, and then after that, we got a period of, of of wet, and that then brought on ramillaria, and we saw we saw high incidence of ramillaria in in spring barley. But again, as I say, in in wheat, high incidence of of uh, septoria. But uh, on the whole, yields were pretty good, and quality was uh, was reasonable. And we had um, some slight quality issues with uh, spring barley and the, and the local markets um, changed their parameters um, to cope with that. Um, but on the whole, uh, we had a, a reasonable season with, with, a, with quite a few highs and lows like you often do. And what did you see in the results at the end of the season, John? So um, 
So from a from a week point of view, we found that um, due to the high septoria pressure, we saw big differences between varieties, and uh, some varieties were coping with the with the pressure better than others, um, such as um, Dawson was coping with the with the pressure um, better than the likes of skyscraper. Um, a skyscraper is still a good variety, um, um, but a uh, a robust program is needed to um, uh, to help that. So Dawson came out top in our in our varietal yields in, in the Cromarty I farm. But we also, with the varieties, we also have uh, treatments. So we have an untreated farm standard tailored nutrition, and then a and and then a treatment on top of that. And what we found again. Um, we found this for the third year running of a, a ton of hectare increase average across all the varieties um, uh, in in using a tailored nutrition approach. So, um, using tissue analysis um, that we have uh, we have in partnership with Landcrop, we have our own guidelines and we treat the crop according to what we are finding on a on a seasonal basis, and we are treating it at various timings. And and when we we took farmers through in the summer, you saw a, a visual cleaner crop and healthier crop where we had done the tailored nutrition because alongside a robust program, we have kept the crop healthier and that has allowed the crop to flourish. And as I mentioned, the, the ton of hectare increase has shown that it is also economic to do so. And from those results, John, what are you going to keep doing or do differently looking forward to this growing season? So we're actually going to use the tailored nutrition as a farm standard. And then we are going to start to look at how we can then push yield on from that using other treatments such as protected nitrogens um, in an amine form and also in a, a polymer N form. And in, in the spring barley, again, we're going to look at the tailored nutrition and also how we can, with the uh, limited varieties that we have, um, due to markets, we are seeing how, how we can get the most out of those varieties. Thank you, John, for sharing your insights from the Cromarty Eye Farm up there in the north of Scotland. Let's now go back to John Miles for a roundup as to what we can learn from the eye farms across the UK and what we can perhaps focus on to have even better results this current cropping year. So, John, what are your thoughts? For me, if we look back at the season, um, it was one of those messages that we, we hear time and time again. Timing is everything. And the way that the weather played out, it really put pressure on timings, you know, early fertilizer. And then, then we didn't get to follow up with PGRs and start the programs and, and the rainfall and things. So, yeah, I think there's, a, there's an S, you know, timing for me was the, the key thing and, and not resting on our laurels and thinking, well, that's it. We're in for a dry spring because it, it turned very quickly and in many cases fell apart because of that timing element. Well, thank you everyone for sharing some of the season's experiences, results, and of course, lessons from your iFarm sites around the UK that can help us this season. And don't forget the iFarm results report is available now. Simply click the link in the bio. That's it for this podcast, but do tune in again as we meet the experts throughout the season, exploring the many immediate and longer-term questions for growers and farmers in the UK. If you have any questions that you'd like us to ask the experts, email info at agri.co.uk. See you next time.